Before we can help others to learn to walk in obedience to all God's commands, they must first receive the gospel message. Therefore, as we engage relationally with the purpose of sharing God's truth, we should recognize that the most important truth to convey is the gospel of God's grace. This episode will equip you to become confident and comfortable in communicating the gospel. God could have chosen any means he wanted to communicate his gift of salvation, his story of redemptive love for the world. Yet he chose to use us, mere humans, to convey his gospel message. Acts 26.18 records the words Jesus used when he appointed Paul to share the gospel with the Gentiles. Jesus said, I am sending you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. In the same way that Jesus entrusted his followers with sharing the gospel in Bible days, He continues to do so with us today. The message of the gospel is that God's gift of righteousness is made available through salvation to those who believe by faith alone in Christ alone. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing the gospel truth of Jesus. Look around you. People all around you are living in darkness, blinded to the truth of Jesus. How will they come to receive the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? unless they first hear it. Romans 10, 13-15 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news! Imagine all the places your feet carry you in any given day. Now imagine each of those places representing the potential opportunity for you to share the good news of Jesus and for others to receive it. Wow! Clearly, Jesus has appointed to his disciples the responsibility of conveying his gospel to the world. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20, Paul is writing to fellow believers. He tells them that God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In verse 19 of this same passage, Paul states that God has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Then verse 20 tells us what that means. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Make no mistake, we represent Christ to others. How well we represent him and communicate his message is up to us. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 was also written for Jesus' disciples. It says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What better people to communicate the gospel than those who have experienced the transforming effects of God's mercy in their own lives? Scripture leaves no doubt 
that we're to share the gospel with, with those we come in contact with. But what does that look like? I mean, there are so many different avenues and people in which to share the gospel. Well, let's take it a step at a time. And let's start by learning to make the most of the opportunities God gives us. Ephesians 5, 15-16 says, Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. You see, a person doesn't live for Jesus by chance, but by intentional, deliberate purpose. Life is busy and can easily become complicated. If we aren't careful, in fact, this verse says, very careful, we can get caught up in the busyness and challenges of life and fail to recognize, let alone take advantage, of divinely orchestrated moments to share the good news of Jesus with others. You know, open doors of opportunities, they can occur at any time and may be brief. The opportunities we are each given to communicate the gospel and the people we share with may each have unique qualities. That should motivate us to be equipped and prepared to communicate the gospel with any given person in any given moment so that no opportunity is lost. If you will become equipped to share the gospel using various approaches and learn to recognize your audience, you will be prepared for any situation. So let's talk about those three things. Being equipped to share the gospel, knowing your audience, and preparing for any situation. Along the way, we'll learn how they fit and work together. So let's begin by preparing to be equipped to share the gospel. Obviously, you can't communicate well something you don't first know for yourself. Becoming comfortable and confident in communicating the gospel is developed through knowledge and experience. Knowledge of God's Word and experience or practice in relying on His Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. We've learned from past episodes that sometimes we'll be given opportunities to introduce a person to the gospel by planting truth in their life for the first time, while other opportunities allow us to water seeds of truth previously planted by others. There may be times when an opportunity presents itself to share the entire good news of Jesus, and greater still are those opportunities when we get to share the gospel message and get to witness the person receiving the gift of salvation. 1 Corinthians 3.7 tells us, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. It's very freeing to keep in mind that our role in sharing the truth of Jesus is to be obedient to follow the Holy Spirit's lead. The results belong to God. Some people miss opportunities to share the gospel because they aren't prepared to do so, or they may be fearful of what others may think, or they're uncertain if the message will be well-received. As you can imagine, if we focus on ourselves or how others will respond, it can easily distract us from the powerful message of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 2, 1, 4, and 5, Paul says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. My message and my preaching were not with wise or persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul didn't try eloquence, superior wisdom, or persuasive words when presenting the gospel. His focus was not on what he might do, but what he knew God's Word can do. He proclaimed the gospel as a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That means that Paul chose to rely fully on the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Although I hope to offer some helpful tools and examples in this episode for sharing the gospel, 
Each approach presented has the same focus and goal, for each of us to share the truth of God's Word under His authority and power while leaving the results with Him. As you anticipate sharing the gospel, you should also expect its message to make the lost world uncomfortable, because the good news of Jesus opposes the world's norms. Hearing the truth of God's grace often challenges people to reconsider their belief system. This causes some people to become uncomfortable or even offended. Knowing this should motivate us to speak truth in love while avoiding any temptation to soften or even omit parts of the gospel message to make it more palatable. For example, when some people share the gospel, they focus on merely the blessings or benefits that result from following Jesus, but they overlook the personal cost involved. This approach fails to fully represent the gospel. I mean, think about it. When taking a test in school, students are taught that if any part of a true-false statement is false, the correct answer is false. That means that if a student claims an answer to be true that is partially false, they are deceived and have invested in faulty information. In the same way, a person basing their decision to receive Jesus on partial or faulty information may experience a false rather than a true conversion. Believing by faith in Jesus is essential for salvation. Let's take this point further. Let's presume that there's an undetermined gas leak in an apartment building threatening the lives of its tenants. In order to save the residents from impending danger, they must be warned. One fireman takes the approach of gently knocking on an apartment door. When the person comes to the door, the fireman asks the resident to join him outside and explains the benefits of doing so. The fireman explains that they could take advantage of the beautiful weather, relax by taking a stroll, or maybe even stop for ice cream. The fireman then repeats this approach with other residents. Based on this information, Several of the residents respond to the message by choosing to stay in their apartments. Others leave to enjoy the pleasures the firemen mentioned. But when the temperature heats up, they're tired of walking or the ice cream is eaten, they each return to their apartment still unaware of the impending danger. Don't miss this. These people made their decision based on potential personal pleasure rather than on the danger from which they needed to be saved. At the same time, Another fireman goes from apartment to apartment, warning the residents that their lives are in danger. He tells them that in order to be saved, they will need to flee from their current situation. Please don't miss this point. Those who left the building based on this information realized it would cost them something, like the potential loss of possessions, discomfort, or inconvenience. These people responded by choosing to walk away from their current way of living for their greater well-being. In much the same way, we're like the firemen in this story. We hold the truth of God's grace that can save lives from eternal destruction, which should influence us to speak the full gospel rather than give in to any temptation to try to persuade people with partial or incomplete truth. Over the years, many methods have been promoted for sharing the gospel. But make no mistake— Genuine salvation is based only on the absolute truth of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, we want to be able to communicate the gospel as it's presented in Scripture, whether that be through an informal conversation or through a more formal evangelistic endeavor. We've learned that the Bible often says the same thing in different ways. 
I'm going to give you three practical ways to share the gospel that show a variety of ways to say the same thing. In the first example, I'll use John 3.16 to communicate the complete gospel in simple and concise terms. I find that many people are familiar with this Bible verse, even if they don't understand its meaning. Sometimes I use this verse in sharing the gospel with people who don't know anything about the Bible. I ask them if they've ever been at a sporting event or seen one on TV when people hold up a sign that says John 3.16. Whether they've seen such signs or not, I let them know that people come prepared to display these at games in hopes that those watching will look up its meaning and understand what God did for them. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. By setting this verse to memory, you can easily walk through the gospel message with others by using the following three points. First, the verse begins by telling us that God so loved the world. We should convey to others that God loves absolutely everyone in the world. God's love for us is unconditional. It doesn't depend on who we are or what we've done. The second point, John 3.16 then tells us that God gave His only Son. In the same way we give gifts for special occasions to those we love, God gave the greatest gift of His only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for the purpose of saving us from sin and eternal destruction. John 3.16 concludes with point three by saying that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can explain that whoever means anyone and everyone who believes in Jesus. They will indeed have eternal life. Let's now look at another example of communicating the gospel in a different way. Many people refer to this approach as the Roman road to salvation because the Bible verses used are found in the book of Romans. We begin with Romans 3, 23-24, which explains our need for salvation. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We know that everyone sins. Because God is without sin, we fall far short of His glorious nature. However, God provides the free gift of redemption. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, we can be redeemed or saved from the penalty of sin. We are justified or brought into a right standing with God through His powerful, unmerited gift of grace. You see, salvation can't be earned or purchased. It's a free gift to those who repent and believe. The next two verses reveal God's provision for salvation. First, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our holy God determined the penalty for sin to be death and permanent separation from Him. Then Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You can explain it this way. Jesus' love for us is not dependent on our love for Him. Knowing full well that each of us is sinful and undeserving of His love, Christ gave His life on the cross for each one of us. Romans 10.9 and 10 tells us how we receive salvation. It says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. 
This verse affirms that salvation is a result of genuine personal belief in Jesus as Lord. This verse also tells us that salvation is demonstrated through confession, accompanied by a lifestyle that reflects repentance. Are you noticing the common threads in communicating the gospel? 1. We all have sinned and are in need of a Savior. 2. God loved us so much that He sent His Son to save us from sin. 3. Those who believe by faith in Jesus as Lord will be saved and receive eternal life. The last example is a concise and practical approach to sharing the gospel by using the acronym ABC. Notice how this approach conveys the same gospel message in yet a different way than the previous two. The letter A stands for admit, B stands for believe, and C stands for confess. Let's unpack these three topics. A is for admit. Romans 3.10 says that there is no one who is righteous, not even one. So in order for a person to recognize their need for a Savior, they must first admit to or acknowledge personal sin. B stands for believe. Acts 16.31 tells us that believing through faith in Jesus is the only way to salvation. The letter C stands for confess. 1 John 4.14-15 says, We have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. You see, God never meant for our salvation to be a private matter. He expects our lives to be a public display of His transforming work. By publicly confessing Christ, a believer identifies with Him by openly expressing their belief by faith in Jesus. I often use this approach with people who try to complicate the gospel. I let them know that getting saved is actually as easy as ABC. I then ask if I can show them what I mean. This method is also helpful in teaching young people to share the gospel with others. Of course, there are numerous approaches to sharing the gospel. I've merely shared a few examples here with you today. What's important is to recognize that even though there are many different approaches to conveying the gospel, it is imperative that each approach be solidly grounded in the truth of Jesus Christ. And, regardless of the approach you use, it's important that we not skim over the word believe, because an accurate understanding is crucial to salvation. So let's talk about the word believe here for a moment. Acts 16.31 tells us to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. To believe the gospel is to fully embrace the truth concerning Jesus. Acts 3.19 says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. You see, genuine saving faith is reflected in our belief system, resulting in repentance. In order to be saved, there must be a repenting, a turning away. But a turning away from what? Well, this verse tells us that there must be a turning away from following selfish pursuits to follow God's will by faith. In other words, we must turn from believing that we should be in charge of our lives to allowing Christ to have control. Please don't misunderstand. A believer doesn't initially know how to fully walk under Christ's authority. They first merely accept God's authority in their lives by surrendering to follow Him rather than continue to pursue their own path. This is a picture of repentance. We were once following our own path in life, asserting to have our own way. And at salvation, through repentance by faith, we change the way we believe and in turn change our direction in life. Jesus then teaches us day by day how to live by faith in Him. 
In Acts 26.20, Paul said, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. Repentance isn't an outer work, but an inner work of faith. As a person allows their belief system to be transformed by the Word of God, their behavior will follow. In Galatians 2.20, Paul describes his life through repentance and salvation in Jesus. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul's salvation was a result of believing by faith in Jesus, allowing Christ to have control of his life. Imagine if a person believes that it is unnecessary to yield to God's word or the authority of his Holy Spirit, how will they ever learn to obey his commands or accomplish his will? Truly, believing by faith in Jesus as Lord is essential for salvation. What a precious privilege we've been given to share the good news of the gospel that has the power to save lives. This episode, Sharing the Gospel, was purposefully divided into two parts. As Carla said, becoming comfortable and confident in communicating the gospel is developed through knowledge and experience. With this in mind, you may want to take the time necessary to begin memorizing scriptures pertaining to the gospel and practice communicating them to others before tackling part two. When you're ready to begin, part two will be waiting for you.